Are any of you at all interested in the 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After cast announcement? What do you think? I think I'm interested in some of the storylines. There's two individuals in particular that I don't like as human beings. So I feel kind of odd covering them. Uh, For example, one of them is Big Ed. I don't really like him. I haven't been following him. I'm guessing he hasn't changed at all. If anything, I'm just assuming he's gotten worse. Also, it's strange with them. To my knowledge, they're not married. They're just engaged, and she is not a foreigner. So not it's not a true 90-day story. And the second person would be Angela. I mean, I think she's absolutely disgusting as a Same. human being. I just saw you just shared a video with me of her getting kicked out of a plane. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm guessing some shit came up. I don't know. She's always just rowdy and unnecessary. So I just assume it's and, her fault. And the story with the Big Ed couple... Seeing as how it's not, I mean, the whole premise of 90 Fiance is this whole international mm-hmm. event, trying to, you know, fall in love with someone from a different country. What I'm trying to get at is that basically there's way too many plot holes in this story yes. just to get them on the show. Exactly. And they're reaching way too much. So if you haven't heard, it is Ed and Liz, Kimberly and Usman, Michael and his wife, Jovi and Yara. Libby and Andre, as well as Jenny and Summit. Now, I'm down to see Jenny and Summit, I'm and f- I'm down for Usman and Kimberly. But other than that, I'm kind of, eh. Jenny and Summit seem like okay people, but I know just from other podcasts that we listen to, I think people are really tired of their storyline. I just can't imagine what the storyline is anymore. We know his family does not like her. They don't want her involved in anything. Is it the fallout of them getting married? If there's if their story is just a copy paste of what we've seen before, then this was a waste of a slot. And that's how I feel about kind of all of these couples. What what exactly is Jovi and Yara going to give me? What is Libby and Andre going to give me? True. So you might see a lot of copy pasta among these storylines. <laughs> the Kimberly and Usman. I'm one interested in that one. Is a bit interesting. Seeing Soldier Boy in the states. He has been spotted in San Diego, which is where I think, Kim lives. I think it has a chance to be just really fun. Him meeting her son. Oh, in person. Yeah. That'd be weird. I'm really torn on if we should cover this. I don't feel like it's going to be that interesting. I don't even know if people are interested in general. But I feel like we always cover all the 90 days, so I'm not sure what's best. We'll see. Look out for some polls. I would like to know if you're interested in this season. If you're not, if you're interested in us covering something else. I mean, that might be fun. We tend to only cover these two shows, Married at First Sight and all the 90 day franchise. Maybe we should branch out a little bit and this could be our opportunity to do that. But to get back into why we're really here, 90 Day Fiance... Season 9, episode 14, Temperature Check. I like the title because of the shit show that it references. Love the title. Don't really know how a human being got that name, but... Hey, it's not a government name. Do you? I hated that the opening scene this episode was Emily still criticizing Kobe's parenting and every decision he makes. From the couch. She's sitting there not doing anything, but still criticizing the man that's trying to play with his son. There's something to be said for being comfortable with criticizing someone when there's cameras in the room. How annoying is it when cameras aren't there? Oh, it's got to be even worse. For sure. Even worse. I just wonder in their storyline if she's ever going to give Kobe the reins to sort of, or the space to make mistakes. 
No, because any mistake he makes, it's not only a personal mistake. She'll drag it out to her parents, her sister, her grandma, and then they'll all chastise him. When this pregnancy news comes out, oh, it's, it's going to be, be horrible. So they go back to the bridal shop where Emily got her dress and Kobe is trying on his suits. We find out that he does have groomsmen coming for the wedding, which is really nice. He'll have some sort of friendship to represent his side. One of his groomsmen has already arrived a week early. A little too early, in my opinion, because then you have to kind of entertain them. He's on it. He's ready. He's here to support. Kind of. That is a long time to be... You know what I mean? Like, if you were showing up to someone's wedding, would you get there a week before? It's too much for me. That's a long time to be there. So Kobe takes some Heineken. He hangs out with temperature in his hotel room, and things get heated real fast. The temperature rises. We're boiling. Yeah, temperature has some really strong opinions. He immediately says that Kobe needs to step up as a man. And he means in the sense of, you need to control your woman. And he seems to have very traditional views on how relationships should work, how the female partner should talk to the husband. God, I feel disgusted. I even just said the word female. I was, <laughs> I was hearing a story earlier in the news about using the term female. I apologize. But yes, like very used to traditional roles. Yeah, and just wants him to be more of a leader in their relationship. He wants Kobe to be the only leader. Right. Temperature says, the moment you start giving her the right to make decisions, you are signing your death warrant. Temperature was a great pickup for this show. Because some of the lines he says, they're just too over the top. They are too over the top. Also, he's way too attached to this opinion. He can't just say his opinion, move on, have a good night. It's, you're just going on and on and on. He won't entertain counter opinions. It's just... No, no, no. The, the, my opinion is the correct well, one. Well, the counter opinion was from a woman. True. So it's not It's not even a true opinion. But I don't even Holds think no value. If, if a man gave him that opinion, he would just say, like, you're less of a man. Well, yeah. You are demoted. Exactly. Because Temperature is there a week early, he's coming to family dinner with Emily and her parents and her sister. How did you feel about Emily ordering the lasagna for Kobe? Personally... I think it's odd. The only way I think it's kind of normal is if he just always orders the same thing. But this is like an Italian restaurant. It was like chow or something like that. But I talked to you about this. I I don't think I have ever ordered food for you. Even if it was a, oh, she'll have the bacon cheeseburger. Oh, the bacon cheeseburger is cool, right? Like, no, that never happens. It's like, oh, you have a menu. And okay, no, you have ordered for me before, but we've discussed it before. We'll use the burger as an example. We both want the exact same thing. You'll say, can we get two burger something sure. like something? Yeah. But I feel like that's already been... Anyway, in their situation, that totally did not happen. But I didn't think it was as bad. Because she said, I'll take the chicken piccata, I think. And she said, and he'll have the lasagna. You like the lasagna, right? I don't know. Now that I say it back, I'm like, shit, it doesn't sound like but it's she like- discussed it prior with him. <laughs> so, yes, she was making that decision because he said, yeah, I like it. So, I guess she, I they know. didn't it, discuss it. It's almost prior. they had just sat down and it just played out beautifully for temperature being there like, oh. <laughs> to observe it. Oh, um, you're ordering for him. He immediately questions it. Oh, that's another thing about temperature. He, he's not shy. Not at about all. About speaking up. 
I think I would be shy if all these cameras are around. I just met this family. Like, I no. don't, I would His say opinions are no. pleasantries and like, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. But I would probably be like fairly quiet initially. Oh, yeah. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> when Temperature pointed out that Emily ordered for Kobe, Kobe smiles and says that she basically wants to do almost everything. And Emily says, I might have to freak out on you. And everyone laughs. Which is really uncomfortable because she gets away with everything with her family. I honestly think she controls her whole family. She does. I mean, they all confirmed it. And we see it every episode. And then Temperature kind of pulls a, do you know who he is? Talk about royalty. This is getting weird. Kobe confirms that he is removed from that. He has chosen his own path. He will not be an heir to this. I didn't really... To the throne, if you will. I didn't take it that way. I took it more as... Well, he doesn't have a relationship with his father. No, no. But even then, I took it more as... I'm, like, super far down the line of, like, inheriting some kind of chiefdom. I didn't, because if his father is the chief, he would be, as the son, the next in line. I mean, is he even the oldest son? I have no idea, but... I take it as he is removed from that because he was not essentially raised by his father, correct? His parents either got divorced or something happened to where he didn't really have a relationship with his father. And that's why he wanted to have such a good relationship with his son. That's why Emily's like, do we have a castle in Africa? Oh, I know. (laughs) No. It immediately goes to, oh, what do I get out of this? Emily says, okay, so wait, you have no money and no kingdom to rule. Uh, what was the point of saying that? Yeah, so, so let's move on with this royalty conversation. You should turn around and be like, yes, we are in the same place we were before we heard the snooze. <laughs> Temperature says, I'm trying to make you understand. Kobe has the final say. The man is the head of the family, meaning you belong to him. Oh, man, he's, he's not in a good room. Uh, he's I not think- in a good room to be talking like this. I think Emily's parents actually did pretty well in response to this. He jokingly says, there's a reason you're not married. They all laugh it off. And mom had a decent response as well. She said, yes, Kobe is an African man. Emily is an American woman. And they'll need to figure it out for themselves. Basically, they need to compromise, figure it out. It's not my business, which is a great response because it's also not temperature's business. What what did Emily's sister say, though? Because that's the point where temperature really would not back down exactly even though the parents didn't have criticizing things to say and they were not putting temperature down he still would not stop honestly kobe should not let it get to this level with his wife and his in-laws because once temperature leaves who is he surrounded with who is he stuck with that's true do not stress those relationships more than you have to right now He's going to be taking the majority of this, you know, the the blowback from this conversation. Exactly. As temperature just gets to leave and live his life. Which, oddly enough, is right before their wedding. Yeah. Where this man is going to be the best man. And what is he going to do? Get up in the middle of the wedding and say, you need to respect him? Are we going to to have this speech all over again? What if he has a speech about, it's worded in a way where... Emily, I hope that you, you know, obey Kobe, yada, yada, yada. I can absolutely see it happening. If he had no problem saying it in front of her parents, he will have no problem saying it amongst other people. 
This is going to be interesting wedding because in all reality, Kobe's only going to have his three buddies yeah. there for him. Exactly. Which honestly is more than other people have. Well, so I'm really excited like, for that. I don't that. know how big the wedding is, but I'm guessing they're going to have at least 50 people there and they're well, all going to be from Emily's Emily side. Emily said she wanted 200 people. She didn't quite get that many. So I'm thinking between 100 and 200. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm trying to get at it is it's going to seem like, like a lot of these couples... It must seem so daunting to them to be in a room where they kind of feel alone in a way. Exactly. On your wedding day Mm. is when like all of your family and friends would get together and you're celebrating you and your relationship and a happily ever after, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So while I didn't agree with what Temperature said, of course, it would never uh, work for me. It was nice to see Emily be put in the hot seat and her not have too much to say because she always has a lot of shit to say. So it's nice to see her kind of get the pressure added. Also, just a side note, when dad mentions how it's not going to work with Emily, how she's so independent, this woman is not independent. She's very dependent on you for everything. Maybe choose a different word. Maybe it's more like strong-willed or... Sure. She's very um, dominating. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Guys, I am still pro-Patrick. Hang in there with me. I know a lot of people aren't, but I just do not think he's as as big of an asshole as a lot of people say he is. Are you surprised more of the community sort of is going towards the hate Patrick vibe versus, eh, he's okay? I think the general consensus is people hate both of them. Part of me is really not minding Patrick. No, I don't mind him either. He does a lot of things really well that we have not seen He's... from the husbands to be. Oh, I mean, yes. He does, he does a lot of the cleaning. He does a lot of the cooking. Mm-hmm. He, he scheduling things for the wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's doing a lot of things that I have not seen been done by other husbands to be. Jabri. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're basically the same age, right? I mean, Patrick might be two years older. Yeah. Three, may, maybe yeah. three. They're, but they're... Okay. Vastly different. I don't. I mean, everyone's everyone's story is totally different. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure, Patrick at twenty eight was exactly the same as he is now. Like, he, yeah, he didn't change. Not um, drastically, I wouldn't say. No, like, yeah, he's just a bit more put together and definitely more independent. But yeah, that makes me be like, well, I mean, come on, this guy has some of his shit together. Like, I'm not gonna, just gonna have a negative opinion on him. So Patrick and Thais come together and decide to call Thais's dad. They come up with a plan. They'll tell dad together. And then Patrick will leave Thais alone to kind of give dad the details. Go over things privately so that everyone's maybe more comfortable. Because it doesn't sound like dad really knows Patrick. Do you want me to break it down how I think they should have done it? Or do you want to sort of... Go for it. Okay. They get together, already forming that whole team unity thing. We're together in this. They call the dad. I think the much better way to approach this would have been for Patrick to sort of take the lead. Shout out to temperature and talk <laughs> to the dad. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the male take the lead. Oh, I yeah. see. But no, no, no. <laughs> I think he should have talked to the dad and said, "Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you again." And just just started going off on. I really care about your daughter. She's an incredible human being. She makes me happy every single day. I absolutely love her. I want to take care of her forever. I want to ask you for your blessing in marriage. That would have been so much better than the shit show we saw. What if he says no? 
What's plan B here? Yeah. Plan you say, B well, it doesn't is, matter. Well, we're fuck you. We're adults. We're getting married anyways. <laughs> I was just trying to go the nice way. <laughs> but hey, man, we could do this a nice way today or I'm going to do it my way tomorrow. <laughs> I completely agree. That would have been much better. I yeah. mean, Thais couldn't even tell him for the first portion of this call. She just kept looking at Patrick thinking he was going to do it. I feel like she was giving him messages like, save me. Exactly. (laughs) She was screaming it internally. Dad's response was what we thought it would be, complete shock. The only thing he said was, already? But they've been engaged for a year, so And they've been together together for two. Yeah. I cannot believe they did not sync up their background story before telling dad. Yeah, it was it was kind of just all over the place. Dad didn't know she was leaving on a K-1, that it was a marriage visa. He was still under the impression that like it tourist, was a vacation. Like a yes. or and they should have stuck to that story. They, You can only do so many surprises on one call. You should have stuck with that story. Um, it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. We're doing that now. You have no problem lying to the man. I'm just saying. Dad says, how do you have the audacity... To stay there all this time and now come to me and tell me that you're getting married. And her response was shit. She said, I didn't know if I wanted to marry him. So to add that doubt to your father's mind after telling him that you are going to marry this person is bullshit. So your father already said he doesn't like Patrick. Yes, doesn't trust him. And now you're coming to him. And saying you're wishy-washy on even marrying the guy. Which, why would that make the dad feel comfortable? He already doesn't like Patrick. If you're wishy-washy, he's definitely not going to give you a blessing. No. I mean, you can see it with how the dad's tone goes from sort of like, oh, wow, like you've basically been lying to me to Mm -hmm. like, you need to get out of there and like come back to Brazil. Like now, as soon as possible. He doesn't even give a shit. He doesn't want to hear any more of what you have to say. That's it. When Patrick is in the garage talking to John, I thought it was really sweet that he realized he fucked up on the call, that he should have said how much he loved her and how much she meant to him. And it's true that I think it would have hopefully smoothed it over a little bit more than it did. Or even Thais meaning so much to you, you could approach the father in a way of, how can I prove to you how much I care for your daughter? Yes. Like, what can I do to make you more comfortable? Just anything other than the way they did it. <laughs> I feel like they could have just been... Like, do we need to make a trip down there together? Do you need yeah. to meet me more? Like, I'm willing to do anything and everything to just make you more comfortable. Like, I really want this to work. And this is where I think Thais and her dad are on two separate wavelengths with what they think this relationship is. So dad has this fear of essentially Patrick grooming her, that he'll completely change after marriage, after he locks her in. He says you'll fall on your face and you'll regret it later. But, and I think the way he means this as in, you have no independent money, he controls everything, you won't have any way to leave, you won't have any way to do things for yourself, you won't be independent as to where down here you were working, you had your own place. But I don't think he realizes that she wants to be taken care of. She has these standards for Patrick to almost provide everything for her. And I don't think he realizes that. Here's my thought. Has this couple even mentioned prenups yet? 
No. And I don't think they will. It is kind of interesting because it seems like Patrick seems to have his shit together. Mm-hmm. And I guess Bilal shows that he kind of does. But for all we know, I don't even know if that's really his home. But beside the point, it's interesting how in one relationship, that's like their number one topic. And in the other one, like they never even touched on the topic of yeah. a prenup at all. So I was really surprised by how easily Thais was swayed. Yeah, she sort of... She, sort she of didn't, crumbled immediately. She didn't... Um, stand up for herself like no. like she or her relationship and, and patrick eventually asked like you know did you speak good of me because because she could have said like no dad this is very important to me yes. he's a great man like i love him didn't feel that not at coming all across. no i didn't feel that she defended him or the relationship she said a couple things of you'll see he treats me so good he does a lot for me sure but that was way after he was already pissed and he's not listening When Patrick finally comes out, the call has ended. Thais tells Patrick that her dad doesn't like him. And I still don't understand why she has to tell him this. She could say he doesn't like the relationship or he doesn't trust you. But to say my dad doesn't like you, it just adds nothing positive to a already shitty situation. Instead of being empathetic, I mean, I felt like Patrick was pretty heartbroken in this scene. Instead of being empathetic or trying to be kind of supportive, she tells Patrick, I warned you. Some more emotions start coming out and we realize that she's really just missing home. She's extremely homesick. I honestly just think there's just way too many emotions hitting her at one point in time. Exactly. It might have been better for her her or Patrick, someone to say like, hey, this night, there's a lot going on. Do you want to just... Chill out they do the, not talk like that, though. Uh, do you want to chill out for the rest yeah. of the night? Just think about it tomorrow. I mean, they got to figure this out, though. They need to figure out these emotions how much, now. How much did, it, did they mention the days they were on? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch it. Gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how rushed of a timeline they're on. I just feel like figure it out now. Which is where my prediction comes on the, uh, okay, well, on the preview. Do you want to wait till the next time on to talk about it? If you want to. I'll, okay, let's yeah. wait then. Okay. But long story short, for me, I just don't feel like she's ready for marriage. I don't think... I mean, if she's questioning it this much after one phone call, it might not be for her. So trust me, I'm never on Bilal's side. But if I'm in the middle of a workday and you just show up in the office, fully dressed, coat on, and you tell me, I want to go to a cafe. Can you take me? That would annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, in the middle of your workday? Yeah, in the middle of doing something. His fucking smug-ass fucking attitude just pisses me off. Oh, guess uh, just make money later. No money for me. I'll work later. Okay. He's he's fucking annoying. See, I say it would annoy the shit out of me, but I wouldn't say anything like that. I would be like, hey, do you mind if we go in two hours or an hour? I wouldn't Do do you mind waiting until my lunch break? Yeah. At the cafe, Shida reveals that she has received legal counsel from her attorney back home. Essentially, the attorney said that he would not let her sign it. That it only protects Bilal. I'm really proud that she's went out to seek legal counsel. And I'm glad that her attorney actually said, I wouldn't sign this, you know, if I was representing you. Like, you need to basically, like, protect yourself as well. Bilal did not see this coming. And I'm really glad that she got advice. You know what energy I get from Bilal? He's always, it's almost in his face or in his eyes. He always questions who she's talking to 
Yes. For example, when, oh, I spoke to my birdies, he's like, oh, your birdies? Like, who's that? And, and then with the attorney. And then she had to say, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And even with the attorney, it's almost like, it, it's a weird look in his eyes. If you, if you watch it again, it's almost like, hmm, like, who's that? And he also says, oh, so he has your interests. Yeah. Just like yours has your interests. That's the point. Bilal says, you know me. You know what I'm about, what I've done for you. And I think my track record could have spoken for itself. So you ruining every date night. You playing a prank on me for the first 24 hours. Being divorced two times. Having a prenup that only protects you. Ah, yes. A great track record. Did did the internet just find his, like, legal records to find that second divorce? Yes. Because it's all public marriage certificates. That must have been really bad. Because it never mentioned. No. Because he wants to look okay. Throughout this season, we've seen various times where Shida's spirit is pretty much crushed right in front of us. We see her get interrupted, corrected, lectured left and right. And we have another example here. And it's so sad to see her joy taken away. She starts off by saying, when she first arrived, it was a storybook love. She's immediately interrupted by Bilal, who says that never exists. The love story, the Cinderella Cinderella. does not exist. And she puts her eyes down. The joy is taken from her. This is a lot coming from the man who pretended to live in this broke down fucking home and then present her with this castle. As he is her savior. But but the Cinderella story doesn't exist as he's jokingly trying to include it in the story. Yep. I wish at this point that she would talk to him how he talked to her in the car while they were arguing. Let me finish. Are you going to let me finish? But that would never work. He would absolutely implode if she talked to him a fraction of what he talks to her. Shida talks about what she wants to add in the revisions of the prenup, a timeline for children, as well as clarifying that whatever she makes from opening up her own business is solely hers, even if he puts up the money to start the business. Right. It seems like she wants to maintain the you know, intellectual property of what is... Well, monetarily. Uh, Shida and Shida's yoga, whatever that would be, whatever it would be called. It would be owned by her. It would be her thing to profit from. And I think it's fair. I, yes, he'll put up the money up front, but also you're I, not you're not getting sympathy points by saying you're putting up the money up no, front. No, that's your wife. She had to sacrifice her family, her home, her business back at home. Yes, so all of that come, revenue to come here. So you putting up some capital, okay? Yeah, I, that you're not going to get a pat on the back from me. No, he said he would consider signing the new prenup. But I would take the smirk on his face as a no. Yeah, and then his dumb, another dumbass fucking response with like, I'll, I'll put it under consideration. Yeah. God, you're so okay. fucking annoying. I feel like he's the type of person who wants to feel like he's always a step ahead. Yeah. He always wants to make sure that Shida knows that he is above her. He has more money than her. He is in control. And... Basically, just that he's so educated and he's so rich and he knows so much more than her. It is officially 43 days to wed for Eve and Mohammed. Their conversation in the kitchen, 
about the argument that happened the night before meant nothing. Nothing got resolved. They didn't talk about anything. There was a quick apology, but nothing fundamentally was said. I'm honestly, again, because that damn spoiler we saw, I'm amazed they make it out through any of this. They shouldn't. It seems like they're drifting apart. They're really not into what each other's doing sort of religiously or spiritually. They don't really understand each other's cultures. No. They don't, well. They never talked about From Muhammad's side, like he's not into her friends and her friends, I guess, are really, you know, obviously your friends are a big deal. But he's not into them. Like He's not into the friends. He's not into the culture. He's not into her spirituality. It's like as the episode progresses in this one and the last one, it's like, why are you two together? He's not even very nice or loving to her. He has not expressed being attracted to her in any way. What is she getting from this relationship at all? Because it's not love. Eve is giving her friend healing treatments while kind of venting to her and giving her advice, and I would hate this. I don't want to take on anyone's energy and problems while I'm trying to heal and relax. Sounds horrible. Yes, we we talked about, I don't know when I'm trying to do relaxation if I'm really trying to get stressed out at the same time. Also, this friend is just looking for reasons to be annoyed with Mohammed. For example, he called you his sponsor? Yeah, that's what she is. Stop. We do a flashback of the first meeting that Mohammed had with the squad, and I forgot how stupid this was. This feels like it was a year ago. This meeting was absurd. How do you know how to have sex? Yeah, none you, of your business. Do, do you watch porn? Yes. Like just what these, kind of porn? These just like questions that he wouldn't turn, he shouldn't turn around and ask them. Like these are weird questions. Don't no, ask. and I'm not. I'm fine with why, him not why being are, cool. With why them. are you figuring out the type of person I am? Is like yeah. What do you value? Like, why do you love Eve? Like, what's yeah. what's the, what puts what bonds you guys together? Not How like, about, hey, what are do your you, hobbies? Do you, do you watch porn? Yeah. Why can't we find out about him and what he likes to do and what he values? Why are we? Do my tits make you uncomfortable? So then we see the squad, Mohammed and Eve, get together for a fire ceremony. Do you think that she should force this meeting with Mohammed and the squad? while also introducing Mohammed to these ceremonies and traditions. I don't think so, because it leads to a scene of awkwardness for Mohammed, because he's really not into this kind of stuff, and he doesn't like them. Exactly. I think it's too much at once. But he hates all of it, so was it ever going to be okay? I also feel like Mohammed's perspective is a little too closed off. Completely. Like, you know, like if, if, let's say, well, I'm not really that religious, but... Like, if I went to someone's, like, thing and it was, you know, no one was getting hurt and they're kind of just doing their old spiritual energy shit, I'd be like, that's kind of cool, man. Like, all right. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm vibing with you, but I wouldn't be like, I'm like, that's not my thing, but I think that's pretty cool. But I wouldn't talk it down or say, like, oh, man, wishes to fires are, like, dumb. Like, I mean, maybe after the cameras are gone, I don't know, maybe they could have this conversation of, I mean, well, look at your religion. I mean, like, imagine. Well, that's too much self-reflection. Well, imagine someone (laughs) on the outside looking at something you're doing. They might think that's weird. If you're sort of bowing your head to the ground and like in their culture, that's not normal. Like that would look weird to somebody. You have to respect people's differences. But he absolutely will not. No. He clearly says if that's how Eve practices her spirituality, that goes against my beliefs. He will not compromise. He will not learn about it. It's his way or no way. And for the thousandth time, I will 
point out how they discussed absolutely nothing prior to getting engaged. Now, this was... What did you talk about? They, they mentioned... How did you make future plans? Right, yeah. <laughs> they mentioned that this was sort of like a traditional like Native American kind of thing. Yes. Which, did she like not introduce him to that to that extent? Like saying like, oh, this is what like the Native people of this land would do, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he would have a little bit more perspective versus like, yeah, we're going to make this fire and then I'm going to like smoke these rocks. You know, like what in what way did she describe it to him? I think in any way that she described it, he wouldn't care. I find Mohammed to be an asshole, but this whole incident did make me laugh. Yu's friend directly asks, you don't like us? And with a creepy smile on his face, he says, no. (laughs) I'm telling you, he does not waver. No, he never has. So what does she think is going to happen? That he's just going to change? And Eve, Eve just looks at him with this dumb look like she expected a different answer from him. I'm like, yeah. he hasn't changed a bit. Did no. you expect him to sort of lie and make a happy face and be like, oh, you guys are cool. Like, no yeah. big deal. That was that was water under the bridge. Like, he hasn't no. changed at all. Also, Eve's friends, have they ever apologized to him or said, hey, yeah, we're out, we're out of line. Let's start I, over. I feel like they did when they had their, their solo, like, talking head moment, but it was okay. never to him in a way where he where he's actually gonna know that they apologize you know because i think think she says something like oh you know we didn't mean to hurt his feelings yes but you're not telling him that they did touch on it this episode they said that wasn't their intention but he says right back they could have asked questions at the first meeting differently with a different energy i don't know i'm just i'm just amazed that they're somehow together it seems like a lot of what we see from them tends to be negative. Absolutely. There's nothing redeeming here. We see the strangest scenes with Ari and Benny. We just cut through their entire 90-day story in an episode. I feel like like. it went from day like 45, 15, and then like five or something. So we saw, we didn't even get to see her go wedding dress shopping, which is, I mean, we usually always get to see people go wedding dress shopping. So they did... Very similar thing with Kara. Says 20 days to wed. Boom, Ari's trying on a wedding dress. And we only got to see one. Mom said she looked nice. That was it. Then we cut to day 15. Ari's asking Leandro, her ex-husband, by the way, to attend the wedding. And he says he just can't make it work. Then we're on 11 days to wed. And they're planning the ceremony and combining the cultures. That was it. It was literally 30 seconds. We have your guys' two scarves. Goodbye. And then we get to seven days to wed. And this is the only scene we really get. Why didn't we see any of the other stuff? The wedding dress shopping, the planning of the wedding. Was there absolutely no drama? Yeah, it, it seems like for a show that focuses on marriage and you know combining these cultures that you, you would actually want to see those pieces that sort of make up this event of the actual marriage. And it also tells a story of the relationship. How do they interact? How do they plan together? How do they just live day-to-day life? But we get none of that with them. We see Benny making pants for Avi, and it was so cute. He clearly knows his way around a sewing machine. It was so sweet. Avi wanted to put them on immediately. I loved it. It's fun to see Avi. We're seeing more of his personality. Yeah, and it's so sweet. Kind of the theme of this conversation is we're doing super shitty we're fighting always, all the time. Always doing shitty. Yeah. And we're staying for the kid. 
both that's, sides. That's almost like how you could translate that. <laughs> yeah, that was the entire conversation of... We don't want to break up the family. Yep. Benny We're staying for the is kid. with Ari because he can't stand to lose another child. Ari is with Benny because she wants to make her son happy. And that's kind of it. It's really sad. That doesn't make for a good, long, happy life together. Honestly, this is my way too soon prediction, but I don't think they're going to work long term. I just don't see it either, which is sad. I want them to work. They have a lot of history. They're Mm -hmm. going to get married for sure. I just don't know long run. Storyline is they're together for five years post-marriage. They get divorced. Ari ends up back with her man, her ex-man. Don't even put that out there. And that was kind of it. Avi makes them kiss each other and then kiss him. And they just talk about wanting to keep the family together. I hope the wedding's dope. I mean, I hope you have a good yeah. time. I hope they mean what they say to each other and are very sweet. Do, and do, you, do you know how many episodes there are? Because we're, we're at 14. I have no idea. 14, right? I assume two to three more. God, probably like three. Let's okay. be honest. And speaking of timelines, it is a one day to wed for Kara and Guillermo. You can tell these motherfuckers got no problems. They're like, motherfucker, you've been They're on, fine. You've been yes. on like day, two day, like two yes. days to wed for like three episodes. Exactly. Guillermo is talking to his mom and she is so sweet. Her reaction to Guillermo telling Kara about his doubts two days before the wedding was pretty funny because she agreed. She was kind of like, oh, that's not good. Don't don't say that two days before the wedding. As Guillermo is talking about his worries, His mom gives him great advice. She says, she is a grown woman. Let her be. Marriage is not a prison. It completely calmed him. He seemed more relaxed. She saved this marriage. (laughs) I don't know if you got this from their conversation, but in my mind, as I'm watching this conversation, you do kind of have to realize like that mom lost a son like two weeks ago. Yep. Absolutely sad to have... Such a devastating moment followed up by what should be a joyous moment for the entire family. Mm-hmm. So sad. I mean, I don't want to be a downer, but it's kind of like just to add on to that, like they can't, they're not going to be there for yeah. the wedding. So, so kinda... she was making sure that there was going to be a video that mm-hmm. they could watch it live. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. But on to penises. Kara's having her bachelorette party upstairs and has banished Guillermo downstairs with a dog. Why can't he hang out with anyone? He doesn't got no one, girl. You can't tell me these ladies' boyfriends can't, like, take him out for a beer or How do we know they got downstairs. boyfriends? Who says they got boyfriends? I looked because I was going to talk mad shit. And there was two of them that had rings They're on. They're probably fucking weirdos. So, and he's like, I don't want to hang out with them. Maybe. Maybe they, yeah, he does. He would rather be by himself, to be honest. There were games. There were penises in all types. Shot glasses. Uh, pin the penis on the man. No male strippers. No male strippers, which is good. Well, poor Guillermo downstairs and there's a stripper. Let's not do that. I laughed so hard and played it back 10 times probably when Kara smashed herself with the cork. (laughs) Honestly, I'm really scared of champagne. I always make you... That was perfect fucking television. I always make you open them. That's like the whole... Don't don't look down the fucking bottle while you're opening it. (laughs) also she's lucky like what if that like caused a scar or, or what if that hit your eye something yeah like something weird you got a black eye no. yeah on your wedding day great the perfect time to bring up your relationship problems and doubts is of course at your bachelorette party 
Even Kara's friends say that Guillermo needs to put his foot down more and that Kara probably should have provided Guillermo a little bit more security and encouragement versus kind of just blowing him off during this conversation. Kara just keeps talking about how she feels that Guillermo wants to change her, but I don't take it that way. I think he just wants a little more understanding and to be a little more more respected. That doesn't mean he's trying to change you. Then it's 15 days to wed for Jabri and Miona, and the parents bring them into the living room for a conversation. Oh my god, I almost forgot we had this couple left. (laughs) You're ready to just bounce out? That shit was so good. It was so good. Last week, the parents kind of had me defending Jabri and Miona, and then this week we're right back. It's, yeah, I don't think the parents were wrong. So essentially, there was a timeline for Jabri and Miona to move out prior to even Miona coming to live there. And it is after the wedding. This is not news to anyone. And they are simply asking, what's the plan? Let's figure this out. Apparently, they've been talking about this for months. Yes. Jabri just jumps the gun immediately. Oh, so you're kicking us out? No, we're just talking about the plan. This was always the plan. But look how he's phrasing it. Like, oh, you're kicking us out. Like... No, we talked to you that you would be moving out at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to solidify that you have like a fucking plan. Exactly. Because he does need his handheld constantly. I do appreciate that dad was being super petty when he made Javri say out loud that he does not know where or when they will be getting married in the next 15 days. He says he just needs a little time to figure it out. Honestly, this just leads more and more to this doesn't this is fucking pointless because they're already married. Yes. But for the sake of the review, I like to pretend it's I don't know. Right, right, right. (laughs) But yes, I would you not have any plan 15 days before? Does does Miona even have a dress? We have seen nothing, which proves this is fake. But yes, it cuts to an interview with Jabri and he is such a victim and it's so annoying. He says, this is bullshit. They're not helpful. They're not supportive. This is not what I expected. And then it cuts to Miona, who's trying not to laugh. Probably because it's all fake. You know, it's funny. I was actually happy that Miona said, I'm so happy they had this sit-down conversation. Oh, I know. I'm, I've been, been trying to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, this is great. And this fucking, this fucking dude won't fucking do shit. I think it was a huge slap in the face from Jabri to his parents to say they are not supportive? Yep. You fucking live with them. I'm assuming you don't pay rent. Nope. I'm assuming they pay for a lot of the food. Everything. I I'm think assuming they that pay one generic ass trip to the grocery store you went to is probably the only one you've gone yep. to Same. in two and a half months. Jabri has the balls to say, well, maybe you guys could have helped us figure it out. You're think- 28 years old. You live at home. You don't pay rent. You brought your fiance here to also live in their home. Stop. I think he really forgets how old he is and how he's missing a lot of maturity. Yes. Because he thinks he's always right. He thinks he has it all figured out. And then when it doesn't go his way, it's his parents' fault? Okay. I'm sorry they didn't plan your wedding and get you an apartment. Well, we say that as like another other parents in this show have done that. Yeah, and I equally talk <laughs> shit about her. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought that was incredibly disrespectful to do something like that. Yeah, it is. Your parents, honestly, if they really wanted to, they can tell you to get the fuck out. Yeah, right now. 
Jabri does the super mature thing of saying, no, 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 we'll just, we'll move out now. We'll pack. We'll leave. You'll, yeah, Jabri will show them by doing what they asked. He's going to go to grandma's house. <laughs> yep. That was my theory is he's just going to go to grandma's house. Yeah. I believe it was Jabri's mom who said that they have to make solid boundaries with Jabri because if they are wavering at all, he will take advantage of them, which is so sad. That That is just a well-known fact. Because, I mean, I, I can't imagine how many times it's happened in the past. Yeah. Jabri says he feels like he's 15 years old again. And his dad says, you're acting like you're 15 years old again. Do you remember that red truck that he picked me on up? Yeah, that's was, probably was, his dad. Was that his? I'm always wondering, like, is that his dad's truck or was that a rental? No, I think that's his dad's. And then that white car they went to Chicago in is his mom's. And when they leave next week, it looks like they're also taking that white car. So I think just for filming purposes, they're also taking her car. I appreciated that when Jabri stormed off, Miona was left on the couch and Jabri's dad made sure to let her know that if you ever need help, please feel free to ask us. Jabri had some smart ass thing to say and his dad shot back. We were talking to her. Like that was directed at Miona? <laughs> yep. Okay, could, Not could, you. Could you imagine the scene? The scene plays out. Jabri's in a talking head moment and he's like, yeah, they've been, they're being so disrespectful and they could help more. And then they sort of break the fourth wall. And then Jabri asks his mom, I was like, hey, mom, can I borrow the keys? I got to I gotta drive to blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Can you put some gas in your car? Ooh. On the next time on, Miona and Jabri move out in matching hot pink puffer jackets. Shida seeks advice from Bilal's mother. It's wedding day for Kara and Guillermo. And Kara needs to get a buzz before walking down the aisle. Who does that remind you of? I need her to just chill. Do you remember Lindsay from Mavs? Yeah, just, oh my God. And that yeah. did not end well, did yeah. it? Mohammed talks with his mom about the cultural differences between Eve and himself. The temperature is at an all-time high, and he continues to cause chaos between Emily and Kobe. This is where things get weird. Thais returns to Brazil. But you can't travel on the K-1. So what does this mean for their visa process? Is it then halted and they get married in Brazil? This is my theory. That is totally wrong. And I don't give a shit. (laughs) But what if in reality they're just going straight to Vegas to get married? Hey, yeah, maybe. But Because really, no, no, really the shot was just Thais. But then they're like... They pan out and he's actually next to her. Oh my God. You're probably right. And I feel so stupid now. <laughs> yes, you are for sure right there. She's not going to Brazil. They're fucking going to Orlando. Everything's as planned. Oh, I was saying they're going to Vegas. Oh, that's fine. I'm just saying they're going but somewhere they're, to they're, get married. But they're probably, yeah, Orlando would be the. Oh my God. Why didn't likely. I think of that? Wow. It's, really, I was it's more likely Orlando, Vegas, Brazil. No, Brazil's not even on the list. Now that you say it, I feel so dumb. Of course she's not going back to Brazil. Right. Okay, well, here we are. It's late. We're, we're late well, recording I was, today. I was, I, I, Orlando had already left my mind. I was going straight to Vegas. That's fine. Maybe they're just like... God, just some people listening are going to be like, they're so fucking dumb. Exactly. Because <laughs> in their minds, they had thought Orlando from day one. They're yeah. like, oh, obviously they're going to Orlando. Obviously. Damn it. Okay. Well, (laughs) on that note, (laughs) I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you later for Married at First Sight. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.